This episode of the e-commerce playbook is brought to you by Elevar. With over 15 server-side destinations, Elevar gives Shopify brands optimal capture of precise first-party conversion data. Get 50% off expert installation by completing the short form linked in the show notes. Hey folks, welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. I'm your host, Richard Gaffin, director of digital strategy here at Common Thread Collective. And I'm joined today, not by Taylor, but by Mr. Max Rosewater, who is a senior paid media buyer here at Common Thread Collective. Max, how are you doing today? Doing great. Stoked to be on the pod and thanks so much for having me. Oh, yeah, Excited to talk about some media buying strategy. Yeah, I know. It's going to be fantastic. So this is the fourth episode in our five-part series. And, and this specific one is about building a channel-specific media plan. And so what we're going to talk with Max about today is, so last week, just to recap, we talked a little bit about creative volume and how and creative strategy and how that's tied to budget expectations. And before that, we talked with Luke a little bit about setting the overall forecast. And then in week one, we talked with Taylor about setting an overall business objective. And so as you can see, there's sort of a way that each the, the topic of each week ladders or rather sort of trickles down into the rest. So you start with the business objective, then you make a overall specific business goal based on the overall objective. And then to achieve that goal, there's a number of things you need to do, one of which is div- or creating the right amount of or producing the right amount of creative, I guess. And then this fourth tier, what we're going to talk, talk about today is how you take that overall objective and translate it into specific goals on specific platforms. And so I think the way we're going to approach this here is like, Max, why don't you kick it off telling us a little bit about what a day in the life of a media buyer looks like. What's the first thing you do? And like, what? how does that then play into the rest of the decisions you make throughout the day? Yeah, absolutely. And everything you said is is totally right. And I think this is going to be like that almost final ladder down, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So every morning I log into my ad account and my growth maps. And what we do is called growth map notes. Essentially, we meditate on our ad accounts and see how we're tracking towards our channel specific forecast and then make any necessary adjustments. Then we most importantly write down our daily notes to show our train of thought at the time to keep a record of those changes made in the ad account. And essentially, this allows anybody to go into the growth map and know exactly what's going on at any time for the Facebook media plan. Um, At first, I want to explain how we align on our forecast as media buyers, because I think that'll help align like to the higher level forecast. So I can open up the growth map super quick. So every month, our growth strategist completes their cohort-specific forecast, backing into a high-level daily pacing of revenue and AMER expectations. Then based on those numbers, they're provided to us, and us buyers need to essentially allocate our spend um, across all of the different campaigns that we have. So that spend allocation and a high-level ROAS target is the expectation that we need to forecast into the Facebook tracker. So going into the MER tab real quick, you can see that there is a daily expectation of Facebook spend and overall projected spend for the month, and also an AMER daily expectation that backs into our total sales, right? So whatever the high-level business metric is that the growth strategist is kind of um, guiding the team towards, we all need to be aligned on moving that specific metric. So it's my job to ensure that we have a media plan in place that can hit this spend amount and ROAS expectation based on our performance expectations. And this means I need to have visibility into all of our marketing calendar moments and understand exactly when I have the expectation of launching new campaigns throughout the month. So that kind of has us dive straight into the Facebook tracker, where you can see what I was just talking about, our daily notes on a daily basis. And then we also have a forecasted projected ROAS and a forecasted projected acquisition spend. And this spend amount funnels in from all of our different campaigns that we forecast throughout the month. 
So we have something also called the concept log where we closely track all of our new creative concepts that are coming down the pipeline. We talked about this on one of the previous episodes. So each concept is then forecasted into our spend tracker with a daily budget and ROAS expectation. And me as the buyer, I have to guesstimate, hey, how much do I think on a daily basis I'll be able to deliver spend through this campaign at the proper efficiency to create a specific net outcome? Of course, we have to have skew specific campaigns, each campaign having a specific product or offer and understand what that net outcome we need from that campaign to get a contribution margin that's going to be positive on first order. Um, of course, this can change depending on what you're doing, what your business objective is, but that is our stand um, setup. Of course, a fully cost-controlled ad account. And because we utilize a fully cost-controlled ad account here at CTC, I can't technically know exactly how much I'm going to spend on a daily basis. So when I forecast my campaigns, which you can see here in the growth map, I have to guesstimate how much money I'm going to spend on a daily basis, which then rolls again into our spend total. Um, so as a media buyer going into the account also, I need to essentially look at what's happening on an average daily basis from spend and ROAS and then try to estimate how much is going to be spent in the future. And that leaves us essentially with only two decisions that you're ever making when looking in the ad account as a media buyer, which is, can I get more volume from a campaign or do I need better efficiency from a campaign? So to give you a specific example, imagine I wake up in the morning, I open up my growth map and my ad account, and I come in and see this campaign, the joggers category. And sometimes it's bucketed by campaigns. Sometimes it's bucketed by you know a category of multiple campaigns that are putting, pushing spend all into a specific column like this. So the joggers category here, we had the expectation originally to spend $1,200 a day, then going up, um, scaling up to around $2,800 a day. Now you can see that we've actually been underpacing our expected spend target. But on the other hand, our ROAS is actually above target expectation. So what I would do as a media buyer here is say, oh, I actually have room to spend more. There's more volume um, available here. And I want to capture that because I essentially want to be pulling out of low efficiency areas and pushing into high efficiency. If I'm above my ROAS target, that means I can spend more. So I'm going to essentially go into the um, account today. And I've written this before, but I'm going to say opening up cost caps on the joggers category to gain more spend volume, essentially. And you could say like due to high efficiency, right? So this is a specific example. Obviously, I would be a lot more specific if I'm actually like going into the account of mm -hmm. what the cost cap is at, what I'm changing it to, what the daily budget is, and then also making sure that I'm changing the, foreca the future forecast to what I think it's going to spend. Maybe tomorrow, I think it's going to spend $2,000. So I will want to make sure I reforecast that for as long as I think that's going to happen. And that's important because that will change your projected acquisition spend against your target. And you always want to make sure that these are matching. So you can see in this scenario, I wasn't, I'm not the buyer on this account necessarily, but so I don't have full context into what's going on, but it looks like we are behind our expected target acquisition spend, as you can see here. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do, and also you can see that we're actually ahead of our ROAS target, right? So that means that we need to find new places to spend to push more volume. Now, on the other flip of the coin, there are situations where we actually need better efficiency. This leggings campaign, we had the expectation of spending around $800 for the first few days. And it looks like the media buyer in this account already made the correct decision where they quickly realized, oh, crap, we're not going to be able to deliver $800 a day or even close to that at our target row as expectation. We're losing money on this campaign. So what you need to do is say, hey, I'm going to go into this campaign. Leggings campaign is inefficient over 
the past X amount of time, I'm not going to fully write it out, but over the past X amount of time, and I'm tightening up my cost caps. In this scenario also, you can see that there's not really much happening here. I don't see this magically turning around. So you may even mm -hmm. say as the media buyer to your creative strategist, hey, the leggings category is really hurting. We're pulling back on our cost caps, but it's not getting better. It's just trickling out spend and ROAS is not improving. What we need to do is introduce new creative concepts into the account to help get that up or simply say, hey, maybe we're cutting our, our losses on the leggings category and we're going to find other areas where we can push that are more efficient. For example, this Xmas campaign looks like we can also get more volume here since it is above our ROAS target as we are pacing throughout the month and below target expectation on spend. A lot of opportunity in this campaign as well, being at a 2.17 and actually hitting above spend expectations, it seems like. And uh, yeah, we just need to open cost caps on that, for example. So that's, that's exactly what I do on a daily basis. Just checking how can I get more volume or efficiency on what campaigns, making sure we're pushing and pulling into efficiency and making sure that we are on track towards our forecasted spend and ROAS expectations. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So I guess I'll ask, like, break down the decision-making process then. Like, so, so the scenario where, let's say, you're behind on spend and behind on efficiency as well, right? So what, what's the decision-making process there for you? And uh, so part of it is probably like order up more creative or whatever, but how do you, how do you get to that point where you sort of realize that that's what needs to be done? And then kind of what's the process of making that happen? Yeah, this is the best thing about the growth map. I think as a media buyer is that I think it's one of the only um, things that I've seen as a buyer that really lets you course correct. Hmm. You know, it's really difficult when you're in an ad account to have visibility into exactly what's happening and track your net outcome expectation per category or per campaign. It's so important because you need to make sure as a media buyer that you know that, hey, this sports bra category needs to hit a specific ROAS target or we are losing money, right? So I always am looking at it from that perspective of how am I making sure that each category is staying profitable and that we are spending good media dollars, right? And creating good net outcomes. Mm -hmm. We have to as media buyers. So it really lets you have clear visibility into how we are pacing against those expected forecasts and then course correct. It's all about understanding where you're wrong and then fixing essentially it from there. And I think the thought process from there goes into what are my options? You know, it's the best situation is where you can simply just open up your cost caps and raise your budget, right? You kind of need to do that. And actually there are usually three specific decisions that I make when using cost controls. And this goes for cost caps and ROAS goal bidding is that if you fully deliver your daily budget, on a daily basis, that means you can maybe actually accept a lower cost control and get better efficiency. So you can consider lowering your cost cap a little bit, raising your budget and see if it still fully delivers that whole daily budget. I know Andrew Ferris talks about this a lot. I think he would even consider just like raising your budget to like a spend ceiling, like whatever you're willing to spend if you want to raise it to like $10,000 a day. And then, you know, as long as you're efficient, keep lowering your cap into efficiency, right? Now, if you're fully delivering your daily budget on a daily basis, but you're not hitting efficiency targets, you just need to tighten your cost cap. Also, on the other hand, if you're not delivering your full daily budget, like you're not getting through all your spend, but you are way above your ROAS or CPA expectation, that means you can actually open up your cost control. And that's this scenario where I'm actually not delivering the $2,800, but I wish I would have. Mm -hmm. That means you can accept a higher bid. Um, you're essentially winning the auction in a way, if you want to look at it like that. And then I want to get more volume. Those are the main decisions that I'm making in my head of like, hey, how can I make sure that I'm pushing into the best places? 
Now, the other thing that's actually a more difficult conversation is if nothing is working, you have to be honest with yourself as a buyer. And we always say this at CTC, you know, not spending or spending bad dollars is just worse than not spending money at all, essentially. Mm. I would rather not open my cost caps um, if I know that they're not going to hit target. You know, as a media buyer, sometimes you get antsy and you say, oh, crap, like we're way behind target spend. I just simply need to open up on these bad campaigns and burn money. Like I know if I do that, this campaign's not going to recover. I need to communicate that to my team and be very clear about it and say, hey, I need to get spend up. I don't have any efficient places to do it. We need more creative or we're not going to make it towards our targets and then have that conversation from there. And again, that's the exact conversation I talked about of making sure that you can course correct. And so as a media buyer, you're kind of like the intermediary person between your creative strategist and your growth strategist and understanding, hey, I think that we can get more of these creatives. I think they're doing really well in the account. You know, you have the most visibility into what's happening out of mm-hmm. most any role, I would, I would say. Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like this is sort of in, in stark contrast to, I'd say, like a, a media buying philosophies like, like we've had in the past or that maybe people have outside of CTC. But certainly there's like a lot of, I feel like media buying tactics seem to revolve around, okay, quickly build out another campaign with a different audience or something like that, or make small tweaks on the ad set level. And that's how you're going to sort of regain efficiency or get volume or whatever. But it sounds like uh, for us, like that's never the type of decision that we're making. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. And I'm glad you clarified that. When I say build out additional campaigns, I absolutely do not mean start duplicating campaigns. Like Mm -hmm. don't duplicate the campaign that's not working and use interest targeting and expect it to change. For context, we run 100% cost-controlled ad accounts at CTC, and we also use seven-day click attribution setting um, using purchase exclusions. And we call that acquisition campaigns, where the only thing we're excluding is purchases. So we let Facebook capture you know, remarketing conversions within an existing ad set if it wants to. And that essentially keeps our data as consolidated as possible. Um, and it really helps you know, with our structure. I think that's truly the best way. Um, I've made some videos about that too. Now, I don't think that lookalike audiences or interest audiences are good investments. And I think about it like that. It's not a good long-term investment. If you're trying to find a new winning ad creative, um, for example, if I launch one ad across a lookalike audience and an interest audience and a broad audience, first thing, the broad audience is almost 100% of the time going to get the spend and win, Mm -hmm. right? But even if the lookalike or interest audience for a little bit look better, you are kind of sacrificing the potential efficiency of a better campaign that you could have launched with that same budget. You're in my eyes are like wasting budget on things that are like short term bad investments when you could be launching everything 100% broad targeting and it could potentially appreciate in in that investment over time, right? So I think that it's really worth just following Facebook's best practices and going broad and making sure that the algorithm has what they call like the most liquidity to mm-hmm. find you that performance. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so so one question that I had then is, well, so part of it maybe has to, or maybe I'll, I'll expand on my previous question, which is like, so obviously you have had media buying experience in the past. I have I have some experience with media buying in the past at CTC anyway. But yeah, so talk to me about what is like the primary contrast between this methodology or this way of thinking about media buying and maybe what you've done before, or what you've experienced at other agencies or other brands. Yeah, what what distinguishes it? Yeah, a a big distinction is that, hmm, let me think about it. I would say the biggest distinction is being able to have clear visibility into each of your campaigns 
actual impact on your business. Mm-hmm. In, in the past, we don't have these type of granular tracking. And it may seem overkill, but it, it's really not. It's actually extremely helpful and necessary to understand what the impact of every campaign is on your ad account. And even if we dove deeper into Statless, our proprietary software, you can actually see your contribution margin outcome per campaign, which is fantastic. That's Mm -hmm. that's something that I never would have had visibility into before, right? That's not something you can see in platform. And so in the past, it would kind of be guesstimating, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, we have to be consolidated. We always have to run highest volume. And, you know, I think every bid strategy has a, a place. If you truly do need volume, like run and you don't care about your cost per result, run highest volume. Like it's not illegal, but at the same time, it will lose you money if you truly have really short or if you have really slim margins, you are going to quickly lose money by testing into inefficient media dollars mm-hmm. by using these bid strategies that Facebook pushes on you as best practice. And frankly, a lot of people say that it just is necessary when it's really not. You know, I would say that's one of the big distinctions is the actual media buying strategy and having it align so deeply with a financial forecast and outcome. That's like the biggest thing that I would say is different. And of course, making sure that you have SKU specific campaigns and actually like know what your product margins are. Mm -hmm. I think in the past, some media buyers would blindly be like, we have to be consolidated and then just run everything in like one CBO. When Facebook, if you're running lowest cost, is always going to prioritize the lowest AOV item. So you're going to probably end up burning money on, for example, if you have one product with a $150 AOV in the same campaign as a product with a $50 AOV, Facebook is going to every time prioritize that $50 AOV. Now, that's not creating the net outcome that you want, and you're probably losing money on that first order. Right. Um, so yeah, actually, that, that segues nicely then into my my next question, which is, for those of us, in, and I will take a little time out here to say, like, if you want us to build this process for you, that is something that we can do. All you got to do is head to commonthreadco.com, click the Hire Us button, and express your interest in this specific implementing the profit system for your own brand that is something we can do for you now however that's not going to be feasible for everybody to do so if we can kind of like summarize the philosophy behind our ad buying here and then turn it into like what is one thing decision that you can make you listening at home can make in the ad account right now that'll at least help get you sort of the first step along the way to this sort of buying philosophy? Like, what would that be? I would say make sure that you're merchandising your ad account in the best way possible, meaning you are prioritizing the strongest products from a first order basis, a margin basis, and also an LTV basis. I think that's a really important media buying strategy from the get-go is making sure you're prioritizing things that are going to make you the most money and that have the most demand right? Like you can't really create demand, you kind of have to channel it. Mm -hmm. So looking at your metrics, understanding which products are the best to push, and then focusing your creative strategy around that and letting the machine learning, you know, teaching the machine learning how to sell those products in a way, I think is really important. Now, also, that goes to the merchandising the ad account from a perspective of understanding what your margins are per campaign, and ensuring that you have a target per campaign. In some cases, uh, we'll have like a naming convention structure where I actually put the CPA target that I need at the end of my campaign. That's a super easy thing that you can do to like remind yourself and like 
you know, hold it, hold yourself accountable to that target. And, you know, if you are torching money again on highest volume, consider using a cost controlled ad account structure and see if that improves your margin. Maybe spend will reduce for a little bit, but you are going to be able to fire more bullets, launch more campaigns to then find that winning creative that is going to be the profitable outcome you need rather than um, torching a bunch of money to get there. I'd say those uh, things in tandem are really like the kind of bread and butter of our, our account strategy and something you can totally do on your own, of course, without, without a growth map. However, of course, the growth map makes it super easy and implementing it along with having those targets pulling into Statless as well is, is fantastic. Elevar is proud to sponsor this episode of the e-commerce playbook. To maximize the performance of your ad and email campaigns, just add Elevar to your e-commerce tech stack. Elevar empowers Shopify brands with industry-leading data tracking. This data is seamlessly sent to the brand's marketing channels, enhancing their performance for higher ROAS and lower CAC. Elevar's session enrichment merges user data with an email or phone number offsite and over time, resulting in more emails sent and higher revenue generated. Elevar is offering 50% off expert installation, that's a $1,000 value, with the purchase of an essentials plan or above by January the 19th of 2024. Follow the link in the show notes to take advantage of the offer offer available for new Elevar clients only. Yeah. Yeah. I think like maybe just sum summarize what you're saying. It's like having a finance first view of media buying, like starts with thinking about which product makes the most sense to sell. So you're saying like it's volume considerations, like how much, how much are people actually buying of this combined with, is it a favorable AOV or rather a favorable, is there a favorable margin on the product? Do you have room to spend against that? And starting there and then also building out skew specific campaigns where you understand that the one thing that you're trying to sell with the campaign is this specific product or set of products at a specific AOV so that you can set a cost cap against that AOV and make sure that you're getting margin from those campaigns. It's like, it's not necessarily that simple to actually go out and do that, but I think at least understanding that the product mix in the campaign can't just be arbitrary, which I think a lot of the times it is like, these are our best sellers or whatever. We'll kind of throw whatever into the account and see what sticks. You have to be very sort of judicious about what you choose to put in the campaign. Absolutely. I think you do. And, and, and this is a important conversation too, to expand on because in reality, we can't actually control what people buy once they come in through your campaign. Right. But we know that, for example, if there's a product that is very attention grabbing, that drives a lot of demand, I would say, you know that that's something that is a hero product to push and it's a really smart thing to do now whether or not they actually purchase that is another thing so you also need to look at your actual cpa to aov ratio so what is my actual aov over a seven to ten day window or mm, yeah. the lifetime of my campaign and then adjusting your cost control based off of that because just because you say you want to sell some shoes for example you may not end up selling that shoe and you need to make sure that your cost control is in the right place to adjust towards that AOV expectation, right? So that's that's another really important consideration that I think buyers will miss sometimes is blindly having a CPA expectation, like I just said, like holding yourself to it, but then making sure that it is the actual outcome and adjusting your campaigns based on that by looking at kind of your hierarchy of in-platform metrics. Now, the other thing that I kind of want to dive into super quick, um, Rich, if you're okay with that, yeah. is what we do at CTC, it's really important for a cost-controlled ad account and executing a proper forecast is what we call front-loading the ad account. So this is something I typically do at the beginning of the month. 
And what I mean by front loading is having a ton of fresh ad concepts ready to launch at the beginning of the month. So why is this important? There are actually several reasons why it's very crucial to hitting your forecast. One, not every concept is going to perform or get spend under your cost caps, right? Um, we can see that here on the leggings, for example, it is not hitting the spend expectation that I thought, right? So you need to have more concepts slated than you think you need um, to make sure you have enough bullets in the chamber to find the performance that you're going to need to have to hit your forecast. Now, you want to make sure that you also can get through the learning phase, and this would be the second point, as quickly as possible. When you first launch a campaign, your CPA is going to be more volatile and your daily budget will be a lot more unpredictable, how much it's spending on a daily basis. The more campaigns that I find, the earlier that can gain spend, the better, so that I can ramp up those daily budgets and vertically scale the highest efficiency assets in the account that I have while weeding out inefficient or underperforming campaigns. And this also goes into what we have in the growth map called the previous concepts tab. And so you can see we have a ton of different campaigns and top performers coming over from September and a ton of different campaigns that we're going to choose are going to continue into the next month. We don't know how long those campaigns rolling over are going to last. So you don't want to just blindly bet on old performing campaigns that they're going to keep rocking it and keep spending. You need to make sure you have a testing agenda and a really strong you know, concept log full of creative assets to launch when you need to get that spend or efficiency up, mm -hmm. right? And so the third thing is you just don't want to be scrambling mid-month, launching new campaigns, having nothing in your ad account out of the learning phase, giving you stable performance. That's, that's super important. So the best thing about the cost controls is you can set your cost cap launch. If it doesn't spend, you just can just launch a whole bunch of campaigns at once rather than kind of launching something, burning a bunch of money and like waiting. I think it's a really valuable strategy to use to kind of get to the gold fast and make sure that you hit your forecast. Right. Yeah. This, this has been certainly a big lesson for us in, recently, hasn't it? Which is that like the value of pre-planning creative. I mean, part of the, the, the whole reason, to, well, part of the reason that we built this forecast to some extent is to give us an understanding of how much creative we're going to need a few months in the future so that we can get ahead of it. And then when we get in that scenario you're describing where you're behind in a certain way or behind in a meaningful way earlier in, in the month, you have a number of campaigns that you can pull of, pull from in order to make up that gap. Because we talk about this a lot, but like the first few days of the month are in many ways the most crucial. Because if you get behind middle of the month or God forbid towards the end of the month and you have to scramble, nothing is going to, there's nothing that can really dig you out of that short of a miracle. And so because because you're evaluating your, you know, you're being probably assessed. Like if you have a boss, they're probably judging you on your monthly um your monthly goals and whether or not you're hitting your monthly goals. You only have 30 days to hit them, so you have to make sure like the first 5 days go really well in order to make sure that the next 25 days go well as well. Totally, yeah. And I actually have an example of doing this this month of like the beginning of the month was really rough after Black Friday for mm -hmm. one of our large brands. And we were spending like around 4K a day and needed to ramp up into like 17K a day by mid-month. And I was just like, okay, nothing is working right now. Coming out of Black Friday, we were in a full-on like sale hangover, as we call it. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of struggling to figure out, hey, how are we going to get efficiency up mid-month? I really need to figure this out. And I launched a ton of new creative assets, pulled in a bunch of DABAs, doing DABA frames, DABA with title card, 
kind of threw a bunch of stuff at the wall, just exactly like I said. Of course, using you know good strategy, we use like shipping cutoff messaging to make it relevant to the upcoming shipping cutoff. And that actually completely lit up the account. I found one campaign that I wouldn't have launched otherwise. It wasn't even slated in the concept log. Mm. It was just something on a whim that I was like, I need to get something out there that's going to work. And it's now spending like 4K a day, way above our target efficiency. I could probably scale it even more. And that's like the goal that... For example, if you're thinking about account consolidation, I think I even made a tweet about this the other day. It's account consolidation is truly just that you need to have a certain daily budget. You know, your daily budget formula, your CPA times 50 divided by seven. What daily budget do you need to get an ad set out of the learning phase, right? That's consolidation. I don't care how many campaigns you have in an ad account, as long as it has the daily budget that it needs to get learnings, then that's totally fine to have more than one campaign, right? Mm. So I, if I hadn't launched all those new campaigns, we probably wouldn't have made our, our forecast mid-month. But now, because we front-loaded the ad account, because we were proactive in how we were seeing things trend, we were able to recover very well. And now we're way above our targets because we took the an extra initiative to launch those extra campaigns I always say, have more bullets in the chamber than you need. Mm-hmm. It's it's the best. Yeah, that makes sense. Anything, I think that kind of like covers what we need to talk about today. But is there anything else that you want to hit? Any other, any final words of advice for the folks out there? I would say, if I'm leaving it off on one note, make sure that you really understand the true impact of each campaign that you have in your ad account. And it's correlation to whatever your financial outcome is and that your team is aligned on a specific one. I think AMER is like a really great one um, that you can make decisions on and always follow the hierarchy of metrics as a media buyer when you're going into your ad account. Make sure that you're looking at the high-level business objective first before going and making decisions in your ad account. Because for example, you may want to accept a lower return on ad spend if you're way above your AMER expectation. And if you don't look at your actual financial outcomes first, before you go and make decisions in your ad account, you can get bogged down by in-platform metrics, which Mm -hmm. frankly are more directional like data points than they are the source of truth, right? Your Facebook ROAS doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually hitting your, your financial targets, right? Your Facebook ROAS could be high and your AMER could be below target or your, fa- your AMER can be above target and your Facebook ROAS can look like crap. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. So you need, as a, as a media buyer, you need to make sure that you are having those conversations with your team and not just blindly looking and making decisions fully in your ad account. That's right. Cool. That's right. Financial literacy for everybody. That's that's sort of been our watchword at CDC for a while. But cool. All right, Max, appreciate you joining us. Um, thanks for walking us through this. And for all the fine folks out there, uh, if you're looking for us to implement this for you, I'll just repeat again, just head over to our site, commonfredco.com and click the Hire Us button and let us know you're interested in implementing the profit system for your own brand. And we're happy to put that in place for you. Um, But in the meantime, Max, appreciate you joining us and we'll see everyone next week. Of course. Thanks for having me, y'all.